third week into our new series. If you've been with us before, we started a new series titled Coming Against Your Three Spiritual Enemies. Now, on the first week, we looked at the first enemy. Remember the flesh. How many, how many know that's one of the, you know, the devil is not your worst enemy. We are our own worst enemy. <laughs> and we talked about some of the, uh, you know, some of the weapons of uh, self-destruction that are out there that are trying to destroy your life. The second enemy we talked about is last week, and that is the world. Now, the world wants to come against you, and it wants to distract you and take you away from the plans that God has for you. And today, we want to talk about enemy number three, the devil. In 1 Peter 5, verse 8, it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. Because we have a great enemy. Who is he? The devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, uh, Christianity is about uh, a journey. All of us here this morning are on a spiritual journey. And in order for us to achieve um, what God wants in your life, you need to know who your enemy is so we can come against your enemy. Because God has amazing plans for you, but we have an enemy who wants to stop you from achieving what God wants for your life. And if you don't know what the enemy wants to, uh, the, the weapons of the enemy use, we, we can get, um, you know, we can fight back those spiritual forces. So let us just pray before we begin. Father, we just want to thank you again. We thank you for your presence in this place. Father, we just want to honor you in everything we do. And as we come into a time of your word, Father, I want to pray right now that you remove all distractions. Use me this morning as your instrument, Father God, to preach your word in total truth and clarity. Father, we want more of you this morning. So less of me, more of you. Use me as your instrument, Father God. We thank you that you remove all distractions right now. Help us be, to be alert and hear what you have to say this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You know, do you know what the greatest trick that the enemy has ever um, done? The greatest trick that the enemy has ever managed to achieve is uh, to make you and I think that he doesn't exist. Around the world, if you go to speak to people and you talk about the devil, some people don't even believe that he exists. You have others who worship him. But I think the, 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 the thing that most people get wrong is uh, the, the deception what the devil looks like. A lot of times we think the devil is this little guy <laughs> dressed in red, uh, right, with a tail hanging, with a fork, a uh, pitchfork in his hand. Kind of reminds you like the, uh, the United Batch, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to mention that, but, uh, you know, just, 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 just kidding. But, you know, kind of like, looks like that, doesn't it? But how, how many is enjoying the Premier League this season? I'm, I'm so excited about Cristiano Ronaldo joining 
um, is exciting. He's not going to make much of a difference, though, guys. Don't get too excited because uh, we got Lukaku. Uh, as you know, I'm a Chelsea fan. So, um, yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me stop there. But, yeah, so Satan does not look like that. Actually, um, I don't know if you know, but you are in a spiritual battle every day. And there are spiritual forces that come in against you every day. Now you see, our God is a God of light. That's who he is. But you know, the devil is the God, by the way, is the little God of darkness. That's who he is. You see, our God is God of truth. But we have the devil who is the, uh, the father of lies. Jesus came so that we can have life and have life more abundant. But what did devil come to do? To, to kill, steal, and to destroy. And that's what the devil wants to do in your life. We are in a battle. And the scripture teaches us in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 that for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's not your struggle. It's not flesh and blood. Your struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So ladies, I want to tell you this morning that your battle is not your husband. <laughs> husband, I want to tell you, your, your battle is not your wife. <laughs> Couples, I want to tell you, your battle is not your mother-in-law. Your, you know, it's not. Children, your battle is not your parents. It's not. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. I mean, it might seem that way. But we are fighting against flesh and blood. Um, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Against powers and principalities of this dark world. And it's very important for us to know what we're fighting if you want to win over the devil, right? Now, let me give you a bit of a backstory just for those that don't know much about Satan. You see, before God created the, the foundation of the world, he had already created Gabriel, Michael, and he also created Lucifer. Now, Lucifer was the angel of the worship. And the Bible says that he was full of wisdom. It was full of beauty. He was perfect in every way. Let me read it from Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 14 to 15. And it says this. I ordained and anointed you as a mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. Verse 15. You were blameless in all you did from the day... You were created until the day evil was, evil was found in you. You see, the problem with Lucifer was he started feeling jealous because God was getting all the glory. Now, he started feeling like, why is God getting every, <laughs> all the glory and not me? So he started getting jealous and he became prideful. In verse 17, it says, your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. So what did God do? So I threw you to the ground and exposed you 
to the curious gaze of the kings. You see, when Lucifer wanted all the attention, when he stopped realizing what his place was, what God did is cast him out of heaven. And as a result, Lucifer actually, Bible says, he took one-third of the, the angels with him. And those are the demons. And that's what we battle with this morning. Demons. But we have power. Amen. So why does this matter? You see, the reason this matters is because you and I were created in God's image. We were created in God's image. Now, when Satan was casted out of heaven, he was casted because he felt like um, he hated God. He wanted to be God. So what does he do? He hates uh, the, the, the image of God. So as a result, he wants to attack you and I because we were created in God's image. He wants to come after you. He wants to come after you daily. Um, I want to give you some list of things that uh, Satan and his demons are responsible on this earth. And I want to give you so you are aware of what they do. And I've got a, um, all the scriptures on the bottom of your message notes where you can have a look and you can see that is not my opinion, is what's in the Bible, okay? So the first one is Satan causes illnesses. Satan causes diseases and even demon possession. You know, Satan motivates people to do wrong. Every time you're motivated to do something wrong, that's because it's Satan behind it. Satan steals the word of God from hearts, people's heart. That's why most Sundays when, when you leave church, you don't even remember what was preached. Because the minute the word of God comes, Satan wants to steal that word from you. Because he wants you to stay where you are. He doesn't want you to grow. I remember I said we are on a spiritual journey. And in this journey, we want to grow and mature and become more like Christ. But Satan doesn't want that. So he comes and steals the word of God. Satan mixes the false with the genuine so that he can deceive you. That's what he wants to do. He wants to deceive you. Satan persecutes people. Satan takes people captive to do his will. Satan causes people uh, trials such as imprisonment and suffering. Satan causes premature death. A lot, a lot of death that's happening is premature. And Satan is the cause of it. Satan causes destruction on the earth out of his wrath. He's angry. He's angry. And he wants to take his anger on, on us. Because we are created in his image, in God's image. So over the next three weeks, I want to I talk about three different strategies that Satan uses to attack us. Okay, Because I really believe it's really important, especially because we're living in the, uh, the end times and Satan is really active. We need to know some of the strategies that he's using to attack us. And first one is the Bible says that he is a deceiver. He is a deceiver. Listen to what it says in John chapter 8, verse 44. I'm going to read from the second part. And he says this. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character. For he's a liar and the father of lies. 
You see, the Satan is a deceiver. He wants to attack you, attack you with lies. And he wants to take God's truth away from us. So first strategy that he does is, he, we, we can see it in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, right? Um, he wants to deceive you. So if you're taking notes, the first thing he does is he, 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 he questions God's word. He questioned God's word. Let, let's turn to it in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, listen to this. Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Did God really say that? Did God really say that? I mean, can you see how the deceiver is not denying God's word? He's not saying, God didn't say that. Did God really say that? And that's exactly what he continues to do. He continues to plant seeds of doubts. I mean, do you really believe the Bible that was written thousands and thousands years ago is really the word of God? I mean, come on, you must be smarter than that. You know, I mean, think about it. It makes much more sense that you, uh, as a cause of an accident. I mean, the Big Bang Theory, you know, that makes more sense, right? That's what Satan is telling us. A lot of people believe it. They, they, they rather believe that, the, that the, 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 the hear as a result of a, a Big Bang accident <laughs> than, than God literally uniquely creating them with a unique fingerprint, Right? And, and Satan deceives people, and, 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 and people follow for that. I mean, surely you must be smarter than that to think, you know, God uniquely created you. I mean, look at it. Uh, you, you, surely you must be, uh, you know, coming from uh, the family of apes. And people would rather believe that than to believe that, you know, they were created uniquely by God. You see, Lucifer wants to deceive people. You see, if you really got, love God, He would let you do whatever you want to do. Have you heard that? God loves you. I mean, if He really loves you, He will let you do whatever you want to do, right? Listen, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, this is what He said. And, and the Lord commanded the man, you are free. If you, have a, if you have your Bible, just make sure you underline that. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you certainly will die. You see, God said you are free to eat from any of the tree, right? You're free. Apart from that one tree. You're, you're, you're free to eat from that tree, from that tree, that tree, that tree, just not that one. You know why? Because I created that, and I know the, the harm it would have on you. you, you you're free to eat of anything else, but not that one. It kind of reminds me of like a parent, right? You know, you, you tell your children, <laughs> you know, you're allowed to do anything, just not that one thing. And what do they want to do? They want to do the thing that they're not allowed to do, right? It's just in the human nature. 
I mean, you can, you know, you can be in my house. You can do everything you want to do. Just don't put anything in that power plug because I know if you, if you stick your finger in that power plug, you, you're going get, to get, get yourself hurt. And what do the kids want to do? <laughs> they want to stick their finger right in because they just know. <laughs> they want to question. They don't believe you. And, and that's exactly what Satan does. He plants uh, seeds of doubt in your mind. Make you feel like you know better than your parents. Make you feel like you know better than God. And that's exactly what Satan did. And listen to what it says in Genesis chapter 3 verse 2. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruits of the tree in the garden. I, I, can, you, can you notice how she didn't say we may freely eat from any tree? She forgot to mention the fact that she is free to eat from any tree. She left it out. You see, the word free, right there, you know, she left it out. And she started questioning God's word. Now she feels like God is literally holding back on her. Questioning God's goodness. And that's what Satan does, right? Plants, plants the seeds and then all of a sudden that seed starts growing and makes you question God's goodness. Makes you question God's goodness. And this is very important. The moment Eve started to question God's goodness, the easier it got to, uh, you know, to disobey God's will for her life. You see, when you start questioning God's goodness, it is easier to disobey God's will for your life. The minute Satan said, did God really say that? It was a plant, a seed was planted. So second thing he likes to do, the Satan loves to twist God's word. Loves to twist God's word. Uh, let me read it again from verse 2 to 4. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the tree in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. Verse 4. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Underline, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Hold up. Who, who, who was Adam and Eve created? Whose image? What is Satan trying to do here? He's trying to twist God's word. Remember in, in Genesis 1 verse 26, it said, Then God said, uh, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness. You see, Eve was already created in God's image. She was already created in God's image. But what does devil do? Devil plants the seeds and then he twists God's word and then, and then made her to kind of doubt her identity. And that's what Satan loves to do. He loves to come to God's children and say, are you really saved? Are you really made in God's image? You see, Satan loves to come and say, God is love. God is love. He truly loves you, right? Do whatever you want to do because God is love. 
He's a loving father. He cares for you. Go and do whatever you want to do. Go ruin your life and, and, and do whatever you want to do. It's fine. You know, when you, when you get to that place, just come and ask for forgiveness and you'll be forgiven. And go do it again and come ask for forgiveness and it will be forgiven. How many know there's some truth in that? But Satan loves to twist it. You see, you can't just come and ask for forgiveness and continue doing what you were doing the next day. True repentance is when you realize that you made a mistake and you want to come and ask for forgiveness, real forgiveness. And you want to change from your old ways. But Satan loves to twist. And I think that's why the, the whole aim of this series is to bring awareness um, that, you know, you've you got an enemy that wants to, you know, destroy your destiny. He wants to destroy you. We have the flesh, the world, and then we have the enemy, the devil, coming against you. You see, Satan wants to uh, come after your family, wants to come after you, wants to come after your family, wants to come after your finances, wants to come after your health. He wants to come against your children. We are all under attack. I was just thinking, I mean, just think about it for a second, right? Um, just, just for instance, like if I'm, if I'm at home, I'm sleeping, right? And all of a sudden, I'm hearing some noise in the downstairs. And, and I can hear a couple of people just making a lot of noise, and they're coming up the stairs. And they, I can hear them going to my children's room. What do you think I would do? Do you think I'm going to just sit back and just wait and pray and, and, and just wait and just, you know, hope for the best? No, right? I, I, I'll become Jackie Jan. <laughs> I'll become Bruce Lee. I'll become Iron Man, Spider-Man, all the Marvel characters. Because I want to protect my family. If I'm under attack, I even become Rumble. <laughs> you see, we are under attack. It's not physical not flesh and blood, but spiritual. You see, as for me, I want to tell you. I want to tell the devil, no, not my house, not my family, not my finances, not my health. No, devil, you have no place in this place. I'll fight back. In, the, in whose name? In the name of Jesus, we'll fight back. The name that by the name that every demon will bow down, I'll fight back in Jesus' name. I'll not go back, you know, uh, and, and sit watching Satan destroy my children's life. Uh, how would I want to do that? I'll take authority back over my children. You see, I'm not, I'll, I'll make sure that the enemy knows not my house. Not this follower of Jesus because I know my identity in Christ Jesus. And that's what you need to realize that you have the authority of Jesus. You see, we are in a battle and we need to recognize. But thank God uh, that our battle is not against flesh and blood. So we don't need to become rumbles here. <laughs> we don't need to pick up earthly weapons, right? Right? 
God has given us spiritual weapons. In Ephesians chapter 6, and if you're taking notes, how do we combat those things? We put on the armor of God. The armor of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20, it says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, and trust me, is here, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of the truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet feeded in readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all, the, extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. With this in mind... Be alert and always keep on praying for all Lord's people. How many know when we come to a prayer meeting, we only see few people? It says pray in all seasons, in all times. And, and verse 19, and this is, I'm asking you to do this for me as well. Verse 19, pray also for me. That whenever I speak, words may be given me, uh, give, words may be given to me. So that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chain. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So, I want to tell you this morning, we have all been equipped to fight back the spiritual forces. What's the first thing? We have to put the belt of the truth we know that in God there is no sin. And all of his words are true and alive. He's perfect in every way. In Psalms 18 verse 30 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all those who take refuge in him. When you take refuge in God, he puts a shield around you. Whereas Satan is the total opposite. As we read already in John 8, 44, it says, Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he's a liar and the father of all lies. That's why we need to put on the belt of truth. Always. Because Satan lost the lie. He's lying all the time. Number two, 
you want to put the breastplate of righteousness. Second thing we need to do is um, always remember that God is righteous. God is righteous. Listen to what it says in Psalm 145 verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways, faithful in all he does. You see, I always need to remind myself that without him, I'm lost. Without him, I'm lost and I'm unrighteous. But thank God he didn't leave me there. Thank God that he sent us his son. The most righteous thing that God has already done for us was the cross. The sacrifice that Jesus did on our behalf. Third thing, the shoes of the gospel. To be an effective soldier of God, we must move around and spread in God's word. Listen to what it says in, uh, this is the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm always with you to the very end of the age. You see, sharing, your, sharing the gospel is not just my job. It's not just the elder's job, the, the leader's job. It's every Christian's job. That's why we need to be equipped to share the gospel with our loved ones, with our family, with our neighbors, with our work colleagues. And that's why it's one of the most important things, you know, discipleship is so important. And we're starting actually, by the way, next week, uh, a discipleship course um, on the Saturday the 18th. It's going to be online on Zoom. Um, uh, Sister Elizabeth is going to be um, running now with the help of Pastor Paul. Um, make sure you register. Yeah, make sure you register because you want to be equipped to share the gospel. The fourth thing is the shield of faith. You know, to really protect yourself as a Christian against the flaming darts of Satan, we need to take up our shield. We know that since Satan is the father of all lies, and we do not believe in God can challenge your faith. It will challenge your faith all the time. It will challenge your faith all the time, every day. It doesn't matter how mature you are in Christ. You know, we live in a, a broken world. Bad things happen to us, to our families, to our loved ones. And in those moments, Satan will come in and try to make you doubt the goodness of God. And we need to be very, very careful. We need to have faith in God and His promises. This will, this will literally act as a shield to protect us from doubt and the lies of the enemy. In Hebrews 11 verse 1 it says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Number five, the helmet of salvation. How many know helmet is really important? Whether you're biking down the street, whether you're on your motorcycle, 
whether you play American football, helmet protects your head. And back in the day in the army, helmet protects your head. If your head gets damaged, uh, you could lose your sight. You could lose your ears. Um, you could be completely paralyzed. You could die instantly. Helmet is very important, especially when it comes to spiritual warfare. Helmet of salvation is protecting our head from the lies and the doubts of the enemy about our salvation in Christ Jesus. Satan loves to bring doubts in our minds. Are you really saved? Are you really, really saved? I mean, if you die today, will you go to heaven? How many heard those voices? Remember in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, says, salvation is found in no one else. In no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which must be saved other than Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how good you are, that doesn't make you right before the eyes of God. The only thing that makes you right before the eyes of God is you you know, accepting His Son as your Lord and Savior. Number six. I want to thank God that He's given us not just weapons to protect ourselves, but He's actually given us weapons to fight back. Number six, the sword of the Spirit. Now, do you know what this weapon is? The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. You must see the, the sword of the Spirit is the key weapon in our spiritual armory. And it's given us to win battles. It's given us to win battles against the three spiritual enemies that we have. The, the flesh, the world, the devil. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 to 13. For the Word of God is alive and active. It says, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and the spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So how do we battle with the Word of God? How do we use that as our weapon? I think Jesus gives us the best illustration. Do you remember when he uh, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights? He was in the wilderness. Let me read it. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Then Jesus was led to the Spirit, but led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. How do you know when you're hungry, you get easily, um, all sorts of temptation comes. He was hungry. And then in verse 3, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, underline that, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. You see, here we go again. Satan uses what by questioning God's word the first attack is questioning the God's word if you are the son of God you know challenging Jesus's identity are you really the son of God 
if you are the son of God, tell these stones. And I love what Jesus does. He, he, he gives us exactly what we need to do when Satan tries to deceive us. Jesus answered, it is written. He used the sword of the Spirit and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then, listen to this, the devil took him to the holy city and set him on, on the highest point of the temple. Again, if you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. And now Satan quotes the Bible. For it is written, he will command his angel concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You see, first, Satan attacks his identity, questioning God's word. And now, what Satan is doing is taking part of the Bible and twisting it. He's twisting it. He loves to do that. He loves to twist God's word to make you do things that are not right. And I love this. Jesus answered him. It is also written. Here we got the sword of the spirit again. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And their splendor. And in verse 9, it said, all of this I will give to you, he said, if you just bow down and worship me. If you just bow down and worship me. Remember, Satan is jealous. He's jealous. I don't know if you know, but we are much higher than angels. We were created in God's image. And Satan hates that. He wants to take that away from us. The fact that we are much greater than the angels. And, and what he loves to do, he loves to offer every one of us this, this, this morning, every one of us, a counterfeit riches and glory. But remember, it's only a counterfeit. And I love this. Then Jesus took out the sword of, uh, uh, sword of the Spirit and said in verse 10, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, here we go again, the sword of the Spirit, worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Listen, how can we best use the sword of the Spirit? In Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not only good enough to remember it and memorize it, but it has to be in you. You have to live according to the word of God. When it becomes part of you, that's when you can best use. The minute Satan comes and tries to something at you, Satan, no, it is written. Hebrews 12, 4.12, it says, For the, the word of God is alive and is active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the sword and the spirit. Joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So why do we need to hide 
God's word in our heart because he's alive, is active, is sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts through uh, the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. So what do we need to, what do we do in this battle that we are against? So when you're discouraged, when you find yourself discouraged, what do you need to do? Do you just continue being discouraged? Do you continue to just feel miserable, telling the whole world about your miseries? No, right? What do you need to do? Psalm 43 verse 5, it is written. Why am I discouraged? Why am I, uh, why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. When your family is under attack, what do you do? Do you just sit back and watch them being under attack? No, right? In Isaiah 54 verse 17, it says, No weapon formed against us shall prosper. In Joshua 24 verse 15, But for me and my house will serve the Lord. When Satan is trying to distract you and try to, uh, you, you need to remember, you know what, I'm, I might be going through some struggles right now, but I know I will stay faithful. I will remain faithful and I know in due time I will reap the harvest. In due time I will reap the harvest. Okay, what do I do when the doctors give you a bad report? That's it. Am I going to throw in the towel and say I'm, I'm sick, I'm, I've been given my death sentence and, and just feel sorry for myself and, and, and just give up on life? No. I take up my sword. Isaiah 53 verse 5. By his stripes I am healed. If my relationship is in trouble, what do I do? In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous, boastful, or proud. That's right. Can I have the worship team back up, please? You see, the Bible says in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God. In the beginning, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made. Nothing that has been made. You see, the word is Jesus. In him, there is life. The devil is a liar. And remember, every time you sin against God, is because you believed one of the devil's lies. But when you know the truth when you know the truth when you know the truth the truth will set you free so when the devil tries to lie you need to say satan get behind me jesus be in front of me satan get behind me you see i want to tell you this morning that uh, you're not, you're, not, you're not fighting for victory. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting in a place of victory. Jesus has already done it. You're fighting in a place of victory. We need to remember that. Can I ask that we stand if we can? 
We just want to pray and thank God for His wonderful mercy and grace. Father, we want to thank you for your goodness and mercy. Father, we want to thank you that you have empowered your church to be full of your word. Speaking the truth. Doing the battle against the forces of darkness. So we can glorify in all that we do, Father God. We want to thank you that we don't have to fight for victory. We want to thank you that we have the privilege to fight from a place of victory. Father, I want to pray right now for every person that's struggling right now. I want to pray right now that you help them to really understand their identity in you. Father, I want to pray right now for every everything that the, uh, Satan has stolen away from your children, Father God, to be released back in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We honor you this morning. We thank you for the freedom that we have in you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, do you remember in the very beginning, God said, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. Now, did they die? They didn't, right? Was, was God lying? No, right? What happened? It, was a, it wasn't a physical death. It was a spiritual death. As a result of what, what, what Satan managed to achieve, there, there came the separation between God and the mankind. Bible says that we have all now born into sin because the minute that happens sin entered the world and there's this separation between us and God but thank God that he loved us so much that he sent his son to come and to pay the penalty and restore what was broken you see, now as a result of what Jesus did on that cross, we can have a relationship with God again. And I want to I wanna tell you this morning that He loves you. He does. He loves you. And He wants you home. Listen, you know when the Bible says don't do this, don't do that, it's not saying it because... He's trying to take away the joy of life from you. He's saying it because he knows the effect that it can have on your life. And I love the fact that God said, you know, you're free to eat from anything. He gave us freedom to choose. And he said, you know what, but of that tree, I don't want you to eat of that tree. Because I know the consequences it will have. So this morning, you have a choice to make if you haven't accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. Whether you're here in this place or you're watching this service online, you have a choice. You can choose to continue to live your life 
as it is. Or you can make a decision today and say, you know what, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And if that's your decision, if you want to say, you know what, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. All you have to do is just pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me a new life. Fill me with your spirit. Take control over my life. It is yours. Change me. Transform me. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Now if you pray this prayer for the first time if you're in church, please come and see me. Um, I want to help you with your next step. If you're online, then there's a link in the comment section. Please click on that. It will take you on our website. Fill in your details and we can help you with your next stage. God bless you. I will hand over back to the worship team. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor.